I'd like to wish everyone a very blessed Holy Christmas. Uh, just a, a little notation. Last Sunday, I mentioned about St. Gregory and the Gregorian calendar. Uh, I'd like to make another little mention about St. Gregory the Great. Once again, he lived about the sixth century. Uh, he was, uh, we talk about the Gregorian chant that would attributes back to St. Gregory. He took the chant of the temple and applied it to the church. And so we have now what we call Gregorian chant. And the mass itself we sang today was composed by St. Gregory uh, back in the sixth century. We have the, the proper of the mass, which is the mass which is sung proper there. And then we have what the common of the mass, which was mass eight, which is commonly referred to as the mass of the angels. But once again, St. Gregory is attributed to composing most of the music that we sing in a high mass. There will be no mass tomorrow morning as this covers, takes care of the Sunday, uh, the Holy Day Mass. Uh, there will be no masses in the bullets, there will be no mass on Thursday or Friday. Saturday mass will be at 9 a.m. The epistle appointed for today's mass is to take with the epistle of St. Paul to Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Dearly beloved, the grace of God our Savior hath appeared to all men, instructing us that denying ungodliness and worldly desires, we should live soberly and justly and godly in this world, looking for the blessed hope and coming of the glory of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and might cleanse to himself a people acceptable, a pursuer of good works. These things speak and exhort in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gospel appointed for today's Mass taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. At that time, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This enrolling was first made by Serenus, the governor of Syria, and all went to be enrolled, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David to be enrolled with Mary, his espoused wife, who was with child. And it came to pass that when they were there, her days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds watching and keeping the night watches over their flock. And behold, the names of the Lord stood by them, and the brightness of the God shone round about them. And they feared the great fear, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. There, that shall be <clears throat> to all the people, for this day is born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, in the city of David. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the infant wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid in a manger. And suddenly there was with a angel a multitude of the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men of good will. Thus far the words of today's holy gospel. And there were shepherds in the same district living in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of God shone round about them, and suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on peace and on earth, peace on earth to men of good will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We see it that angels portray an important part of what we know in this world. 
few words can bring a clearer, cannot bring a clearer picture to our imagination when we, when we just use the word angel. Pure spirits, radiant beings. And by the, their very name, the very name in Latin, the word angelus means messenger. They're messengers shuttling back and forth between heaven and earth. This flight of the angels almost as a word is like a thread from heaven, a, a, a cord, if you will, a binding cord, fast, <clears throat> fastening, if you will, to the people on earth, the record of God's dealings with mankind. The, these angels came down to the shepherd. You can just imagine them hovering about. Uh, those shepherds, and there we see that uh, the heavenly visitors made it known that important message to these shepherds. The Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the angels made their visits from the coming of the angel Gabriel, from the Holy of Holies, uh, to announce the John the Baptist of John, uh, John the Baptist or the birth of John the Baptist, or the apparition. Even uh, Angels have been with us throughout the centuries. Uh, they appeared uh, at Fatima. Uh, our history, our history is replete with recurrences of the angels. And so uh, when Christ was born, it was almost inevitable that they should appear. The heavens being closed since the time of Adam and Eve, as I was reading what Father Daniel Lord said, he says, he said it was open, the heavens were open just a little bit. He said, a narrow slit from which there passed the word of God to man, man who is long exiled and barred from the promised land. They forfeited the, the fatherland, but they needed to be told, they needed to be reminded that their salvation was near and that the Blessed Trinity, that God was holding them hopeful by get, reminding them of their redemption, the promise of the divine amnesty, if you will. And so the messengers over the years, the centuries, kept up this communication between God and man. Starting already from the time of Adam and Eve to the Incarnation. And at the Incarnation, they come rushing to earth to announce that good news of peace and promise that there would indeed be peace and that God who would, would forgive them their sins. They came to, to announce that the end of this sad era, when the gates of Eden were barred to mankind, when they were shut, bang shut, if you will, and they were locked, you can just imagine Adam and Eve outside those gates, crying aloud. But now the angels came, and they announced that a child was born, and a king has returned to their people, to his people. Just by contrast, just by contrast, surely among the angels, and we see them delivering 
messages of joy, of happiness. But the angel at paradise, the Garden of Eden, would have stood there because God placed him there, had him be there. He was stern. It was an ugly duty on his part. It made him a messenger of doom. The children of God were in rebellion. They had risen in revolt against their God. And these angelic soldiers had no choice but to unsheath their swords. And they lifted them up against, as they did against the demons, they lifted them up against mankind. You can imagine Adam and Eve, frightened, saddened, and the angels who drove them from paradise into this scorched, barren earth. That sword that they carried, it was that which locked them out of paradise. The cherubim, as the scripture tells us, had the flaming sword turning every way, keep the way of the tree of life, and was almost less in scorn, but rather out of pity for man's weakness, that the angels ejected man out of paradise, and they would have watched Adam and Eve turn from their home of happiness to their home of exile, a veil of tears and of death. And it began an age of enmity, theological term, of difference between an offense between God and man. They rejected God. However, the, the angel came, the angel came, the same ones that locked them out of, paradise, out of paradise, came and announced that there was peace. There was peace to mankind. However, it was with a condition. It was peace to men of goodwill. The angels, the angels, as I said, they came from heaven down to earth, went back up to heaven, and they were the messenger between God and man. Then the angels appeared to Our Lady, and what took place will always be remembered by mankind, the angels themselves, if the angels were reluctant to stand there at the gates of paradise to keep man out of, out of paradise, they were now happy to announce there that God was to be born, that God was born in Bethlehem. The angel came down, and there he turned to Our Lady. You can imagine Our Lady there pondering the angel appearance to her. She weighs, and he announces to her, he makes known his mission to her, and the whole world depends, the whole history of mankind depends upon her answer. All the past, all the future, breathlessly, breathlessly awaiting the answer of this young virgin.
The angel pauses. Our Lady ponders his request. She weighs her cherished virginity and the dignity that's offered her by the office of being the mother of God. She measures the honor against the prophesied sorrows, learns from this heavenly messenger the miracle that will fuse her virginity and her motherhood, and then answers that angelic salutation by saying, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. And then suddenly there was Christmas. The bleak winter of the old law ended on that dreary wintry night under the crisp and star-frosted sky over Bethlehem. The shepherds, one angel appeared to them and announced to them what was to take place. And probably only one angel, lest they would be afraid being a whole choir of angels. He made it known to them that the promise had been fulfilled. And at their announcement, the whole choir of angels in heaven opened up singing glory to God. And if heaven was to be magnificently represented by the angels, God was looking for man to do it as well. And so he would send a star to some Eastern astrologers, three kings, magi. And then he had the, the angel appear to the shepherds to announce the Lamb of God was born. And so, once again, lest the shepherds be frightened, only a single angel appeared. He stands before them, probably on a hill, and said, Behold, we read, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of God shone round about them, and they feared exceedingly. Just a single angel with a wonderful message. A single angel who brought along whole choir of angels. And at the announcement that the child was to be born, the good news, great joy, the angels of heaven opened up their angelic salutation, glory be to God. You can just see the angels singing with joy. Probably there wasn't one, one angel left in heaven who did not appear now singing their glories that we, they would sing in heaven. And at this moment, at this very moment, this wasn't a small group of angels singing. Here was an event called all heaven to witness. The angels, you can imagine, winging their way down, impatient to look upon the face of the divine infancy and to see how true had been Gabriel's report when he returned to tell them the beauty of the woman God had chosen to lend her flesh to the word incarnate. What they saw far exceeded their fondest hopes and imaginings. They had seen God face to face in majesty and power. 
now they could see their God face to face in the other simplicity and the humility of a child. They had seen Eve and known her fairness. But this woman was fairer than Eve. The angels had known the majesty of God. They have never dreamed of God's humility. They hailed him as a Lord of hosts. Now they saw him as a child who would grow gentle into ma- a gentle child into manhood, and in time become the, um, to become the host upon which thousands upon thousands of altars. These angels hailed the power and the glory of God. Now they could spread their wings protectingly, this young, weak, innocent little child, and willingly give them adoration. When the multitudes of angels came to adore our Lord, they came certainly out of a great desire to praise God, probably even just as great a desire to make reparation because it was one of their angelic natures that they had to make reparation for. When the devil himself and Lucifer, the fallen angel, turned away from God himself, rebelled. For there was a time when there was a multitude of angels had been swept downward out of heaven and were swept onward towards hell. And the reason for this was, theologians say that they had been foreshown, they they were shown in a vision that Christ would take human nature, he would come down as a little infant child in a manger, and they say that they turned with resentment, a fury, injured pride, into a hateful revolt because they were not going to accept God becoming something less than themselves. However, a cry rang out through heaven, says, Behold your king. Incredulous, Lucifer, incredulously, without belief, they looked upon the vision of God who had become man. Angered, they cried out with this affront to their nature. They who were higher than human nature, they saw him assume a nature less than their own. And these fallen angels, they sneered, they were in aghast, and they stepped from their lofty throne to look down upon this infant child, clad in mortal, weak human flesh, It was unfamiliar to them. I'm sure the fallen angels would have said, oh, he was beautiful, but strangely weak. His smile would have been appealing, but but it was unlike the stern face of the God of their battles, whom they had served. To the Lord of hosts, they would give such loyalty and service as he demanded, but who dared ask them to bend their knees and lift applauding shouts of joy in honor of that Lamb of God. They turned away and were cast into hell. And so the angels in heaven 
they wanted to make reparation to Almighty God for that affront to their God. And throughout the heavens, they cried out again, this is your king. This is our king. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen.